0: preaching of God's Word this morning. I know, we're way late. The music took about was 45 minutes. Praise the Lord. The children are dismissed. Soon the Bible is to Mark chapter 5. And this morning we're going to look at a, a strange missionary. Mark chapter 5. Imagine if the Lord called you to be a missionary. Do you think it'd be a, you'd be a strange missionary? <laughs> Uh, Mark chapter 5, and let's look what the Lord says here this morning. Uh, verse 1, And they came over into the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately they met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him, now no with chains. Because he had been often bound by uh, feathers and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains, and in the tombs, crying and conning himself with stones. But when he saw, the, saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him, and cried with a loud voice, and saying, What have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou Son of the Most High God? I adjured thee by God that thou tormented me not. For he said unto him, Come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, What is thy name? And he answered, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was uh, there, uh, I'm sorry, now there was there night into the mountains a great herd of swine feeding, and all the devils. Uh, besought him, saying, Send us unto the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down a step place into the sea. There were about two thousand and they were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told in the city and in the country. And they went out to see what it was that, that was done. And they came and they came unto Jesus and see him that was possessed with the devil, and and I'm sorry, and had the legion sitting and clothed in, in his right mind, and they were afraid. And they saw it, and told them how it befell to I'm sorry, and they that saw it told them how it befell to him and was possessed with the devil, and also concerning the swine. And they began to pray him to depart out of the coast. Verse 18 said, And when he was come into the ship, he that was possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. Howbeit Jesus suffer him not, but said unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee and in compassion on thee. And he departed and began to publish in the Decapolis how great Jesus things Jesus has done for him And our men and our men did marvel. Let's pray Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for this passage of Scripture. Who would think that a man possessed by the devil or possessed with demonic forces, in this case, a legion of demons, would be clean and become a missionary of the gospel? Lord, we never know who you may call. It might be someone here this morning who you're calling to go in a mission field, to go across the street, to go on the other side of the couch in a workplace to tell someone about the love of Jesus. Lord, I pray, Father, if someone is here or someone is online and never received Jesus as personal Savior, may today they make peace with you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. It was a lady in the name of Mary growing uh, in the slums of Aberdeen, Scotland uh, with an alcoholic father, uh, uh and uh, a lot of light of hope of changing in her circumstances uh didn't seem very promise, but for mary uh her childhood thought her to be uh, uh, a person of of, of uh, uh strength and not to look at the pessimism on where she looked as uh, she grew up and she decided she wanted to do something for the Lord so Mary grew up hearing her devout mother reading the the missions uh, prayer letters that would come to the church, and she was very interested on in missions. You know, heart grew a desire to share Jesus with other people. So she was 27 when David Livingstone—I don't know if anybody ever heard of David Livingstone—passed away, and she decided she would go and continue his work to reach all Africa for the Lord Jesus. So Mary's work began this in the town of Calabar 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 believe it is and she lived and worked in places where no european person ever been with the gospel so she faced life-threatened illness and hardships, but she was very committed to tell people about the gospel of the lord jesus so for 15 years she went along she learned their language and helping them settle disputes among their tribes and for 15 long years she began she kept teaching and teaching and uh, until one t- began, she began to understand them and she began to, to witness about the love of Jesus. So she learned their love and respect as a result was able to spread the gospel to areas that no missionary could. You know, I know some people uh, don't believe or, don't, or some churches don't even believe that a woman should be a missionary. Or listen, a woman should not be a preacher, but a woman can tell about Jesus. All right? You can be a missionary in your home, in your workplace, across the street, in the grocery store, in the bank, wherever you go. You can be a missionary. okay? So as we continue this morning on the subject of missions and missionaries, we come to an interesting passage this morning. Actually, ironically, <laughs> we're going to celebrate Halloween pretty close or pretty soon. You're talking about, you know, the TV is full of, uh, of scary movies these days. We're talking about a horror movie right here in the Bible. You know, talking about a man living among the dead. You know, that's where he lived, among the dead, cutting himself. Talking about graphic, as the Bible describes this man. It was a graphic scene. People were afraid of him. People let him alone because way what he was doing here. They tied him up and broke the chains that he had. Talking about a horror movie here. So as we continue this morning, let's talk about this. Actually, you might be surprised about what's going on here. But there's one thing that I learned about this message here this morning is this. God can use anyone. Spread is gospel. I should this story here, true story. I read this this book, and I lost the book. Don't can't find the book. I looked for this book about a a uh, autobiography of a young lady. She was 18 years old when this happened. She uh, was saved. She was serving the church with her mom and dad, and she got into a massive car accident. She was got handicapped from the neck down. She had a little motion in her hands, and uh, and she began to uh, uh, um, go through that treatment and stuff. And it came to a point in those days uh, she began to ask herself, what can I do for the Lord? So that's what she did for years on end. She would go to the phone. In those days they had you know, on the, the phone and you dial the numbers and the room it comes back. You see those those telephones in the, in the uh, museums these days. And she would go to the phone book and and take each person and she will call you know why she called? to tell Jesus people about Jesus and over the phone many people came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as personal savior Amen. see God can use anyone at any given time and right here we're going to see a man uh, who is used by the Lord to be a missionary a strange missionary so let's look at this from several points number one I want to try we're running a, I don't know where our time go, but is our time moving on us Number one, a man in a critical living condition. Critical living condition. Well, if we compare our lives to the life of this man in our text, we will come to the conclusion that we're doing very well this morning. From a human standpoint, I would say... Yes, we live in very well compared to this. And that's what we do as humans, right? We compare ourselves to other people. We look, oh, I'm glad I'm not there. I'm glad I'm not there. I'm glad. And we look up and say, oh, I want to be there. You know what? That's human thinking. But you know what? Looking at this man here in the Bible, we say, oh, goodness, I'm glad I don't live in the tombs. I'm glad I don't live among the dead. That's the condition of those men. So it's living condition. So we, we are now living in the tombs, in the cemetery. I mean, you know, you, you actually have a home. I mean, some, most of us have a home, a place to sleep. You might have a, one of us have a place to sleep and live. So we are much better because we have a tendency to think, you know, look at my condition. Well, some people are in worse conditions than we are. But here's a condition. There's living conditions right here. He was possessed by, the, by demons, and he was living in the tombs. And the demons were killing this man literally, okay? So, letter A, we see his home. Look what it says. Whom he uh, is dwelling among the tombs, and no man bind him, na not nah, with chains. That's verse 3. This man did not live among the living. This man lived among the dead. He made his home among the dead. He lived in the cemetery in the tombs. What a sad place to be, folks. Can you imagine living among the dead? This is not a movie. This is a Bible Lesson right here, and he said this is true, absolutely true, because you know what? Jesus reached to this man. See, he was he was a sad, lonely, he was sad, lonely, hurting, longing, unloved, unwanted. He was there away from society. What a tragic existence. Now, this man is a picture of a person spiritually speaking, okay, of a very spiritual who is dead to sin. I mean, I'm sorry, he was spiritually dead. A person who is spiritually that is away from the, the blessings of the Lord, even though the Lord blesses all of us. But I tell you what, the love of God, God wants to reach out to him and love him in a way like a, a father loves his son. And this person is away from the love of God. So this man is hopelessly, he made his living around the tomb. Let it be as helplessness. As helpless. And we see the verse from verse 3 to verse 5. As helpless. This man is a man who was out of control. Others had tried to intervene in his life, but to no, to no avail. His passion was strong than his ability to control himself, someone else was controlling him. No man could change him, no man could stop him, no man could help him. I'll tell you what, if you and substance abused it this morning, guess what? You're not controlling yourself. The substance is controlling you. You follow that? A person is in drugs. Guess why? You're not controlling yourself. The drugs are controlling you. Alcohol is not You're not controlling alcohol. Alcohol controlling you. I had a conversation with my dad one time. He's in heaven with the Lord today. He said, Dad, why you get up in the morning? First thing you do is a, a drip of alcohol. You know what happened there? Alcohol is controlling my dad. You see... We think about this guy. This guy right here, he's not controlling himself. Demonic forces are controlling him. He is crying out for help in the tombs. He is crying out because he's cutting himself. You listen, somebody was cutting him. You follow that? What about what we have in this world? People and all kinds of problems in this world. You know what? Those things are controlling them. You see, this man is out of control. His passion was stronger than his ability to control himself. What a sad way to live. Let us see his hopelessness. Look at verse 5. And always night and day he was in the mountains and in the tombs. Look what it says. Crying and cutting himself with stones. Notice that this man's torment was a continual thing. There was no release out of him. Day and night he cried out. You know what Jesus said about about Satan? He comes what? to what? kill and to destroy you see people said i don't want to go to heaven because you guys, you know it's boring you know what what do you think hell is it's a place of eternal torments and pain and gashing of teeth you know see he comes to kill and to destroy look at a picture here of 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 uh, demonic forces what are you doing to this guy he's cutting himself listen He's, that is his will to cut himself because we don't do, want to do harm to us. Something else is controlling him. So with all kinds of substance abuses that people do, they've been controlled by something else. Day and night he cry out for help. Day and night, he was in a place of isolation. Day and night, he didn't rest because of the injuries that he had. What a pathetic, I would say, scene is painted here by Mark about this man. This man is in a dying situation. So what is with the spirit of the lost man? Hopelessness is in the hearts of people who don't have the Lord Jesus as Savior. There's an emptiness there. You see, folks, how many people have lived the entire life of sin and emptiness and came to the end of their lives and died without ever finding Jesus? Well, but I tell you what, there's always help. And the Lord reaches to everyone. This thing about saying that the Lord only reaches to some people, that's not true. He reaches to everyone. Look at letter D. Verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, what I have to do with thee, Jesus? Well, I guess that's demonic forces talking here. But look at it, verse 6. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. All right, let me put it this way. People ran from him because they were afraid of him. Jesus didn't run from him. He ran to Jesus. Isn't that a blessing? You listen, there are people in this world that people run away from them. They want nothing to do with them. They're living in isolation. They're living in loneliness. You know what? When we see Jesus, we run to Jesus. We want him. The gospel, I'll tell you what, what a blessing. Jesus didn't say, oh, it's a man possessing. Let me, that's, that's high. Let's get the boat in the lake. No, 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 no. He was right there. He ran to him. A person can be in the deepest of despair. A person can be the most wicked person in this world. You know what? Wow, when they see Jesus they ran to him. Then you ran to Jesus. Then you as helper came. See, folks. There are many people who deny Jesus to this very day. But there we see a man who was possessed by demons. Who went in a crying state when he saw the one who could save him. it could heal him. He doesn't run away. He doesn't try to go and and do anything mean to Jesus. He runs to Jesus because he needs help. I'll tell you what, folks. It goes like this. When the people of this world, anybody, realizes that in Jesus they can have help. They will run to him. They will. He is the great physician. He is the healer of of broken hearts, isn't he? He is the one who takes sin away. Sin is a disease that is killing people by the millions. And guess what? Jesus is there. For you so ever will call upon the name of the Lord. He is there. So we have missionaries that go to the far parts of the world. You know what? One purpose the gospel of the lord jesus christ the gospel so we see number one we see a man in a critical living condition number two we see a man's freedom and conversion jesus does not does uh, uh, does do to this man what he cannot do for himself he goes there and i'm sorry jesus comes to put freedom in people's hearts and he came there and he says i'm going to free you see sin tells you what you are or you want to do because you are a slave to sin but when jesus comes into a person's heart he brings freedom and liberty that's what jesus says letter a it was a divine visit you know what i like divine visits I like divine visits. How many times God uses us as, as a divine visit or divine, we call divine appointments. You know, I remember one time we went with a husband and wife and me because I had nobody to go with me, so I went with them. We went and visit. We went. We had two, three addresses to go. We reached on people's houses, and believe it or not, with was three wrong addresses. Those addresses did not exist or those doors did not exist. So we went up coming back to church. And he says to me, he says, hey, what about if we're just walking down the street? We walk down the street and we knock on one door. Look what happened. We knock on the door. Actually, the lady was talking on the phone right there next to the door. She invited us in right inside the door. And we began to present Jesus to her. You know what? We didn't have an appointment with that person. She was just minding her own business. Talking about divine appointment." She says to us, can I see these verses in the Bible? She bowed her head, asked forgiveness, asked the Lord to save her soul. What a wonderful blessing. So we have these divine visits, and Jesus comes there as a divine visit to a person who's crying out for help. Crying out for help. You see, Jesus always makes a difference when he passes by, doesn't he? Did he make a difference when he reached to your heart, when he passed by you? Let me give you some examples. The woman at the well. Did he make a difference there? Yes. The woman with the issue of blood. Did he make a difference there? Yes. The lame man at the pool of Bathsheba. uh, uh, Bathsheba, I'm sorry. Did he make a difference there? Absolutely. The in Mark uh, Mark 6, 1. Did he make a difference there? Absolutely. The blind uh, man in John chapter uh, 9. Saul of Tarsus. The disciples. Did Jesus make a difference in his people? Yes, he did. When Jesus comes, he makes a difference. What about Lazarus? What about myself in February 1999? He knocked in my heart. He says, open the doors. I did. Receive Jesus as my Savior. So Jesus always makes a difference when he passes by. Let it be, it was a dramatic visit. Now we're says in verse 11 all the way to verse 14 we read these verses with a dramatic vi- visit right here these verses tells us that those demons left the man entered into the herd of 2,000 swine and uh, and they, they went in, I, I'm sorry and they drowned, uh, they went into the water and they all died of course that's pretty dramatic conversion don't you think. Fact is, it was never seen quite at so dramatic this way. It grabbed their attention. You know, it caused a stir. The people that was taking care of the swine, they ran and said, what in the world happened here? You know what? Talking about losing money. 2,000 pigs died. Wonder why they told Jesus to leave? Think about it. You come over here and 2,000 pigs are gone? You know what? Sometimes that's the way it happens. Folks, that's the way salvation does. Anytime salvation occurs in someone's life, it is always a dramatic event. It is always a a life changing. Listen to this. Hell is robbed of another victim. That is cheated. Satan loses another battle. God is glorified. Heaven rejoices. That's what it is. A sin is forever redeemed, changed and made a member of the family of God. That's a pretty dramatic thing, don't you think? Listen, the day you got saved, if you saved, it was the day of rejoicing in heaven. It was the day that Satan lost. That was that day. And the grave was robbed because you know what? Our hope is not in the grave. Our hope is in heaven. You see that? Let us see, it was a defining visit. And they come to Jesus, verse 15, and see him that was possessed with the devil and had the legion uh, uh, sitting and clawed in his right mind, and they were afraid. You know why they were afraid? Because they saw the way this man was before. They saw this way this man was before, and now they're seeing, what happened to you? Are you the same person? You see, and that's what happened in people's lives. You know what? Listen, if you've saved, if you've been saved as a child, praise the Lord you saved as a child. Sometimes I say, I wish I was saved as a child and grew up in a Christian home. It happened happen that way. But when you save and as an adult, then you can see the difference. Like, I was this. I don't even recognize this person. Look who I am today. My brother-in-law said to me one time, he said, we were at work. And they were mocking me. They were really mocking me, and getting into my nerves. And he goes to me like, "Well, well what? No, don't, don't be so, you guys like what he said, don't be so pious because the, I know you and you used to do this, 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 and this, and this. And what he was saying was absolutely true. He didn't miss a beat in what he was saying. Everything that he said was true because he knows me. He's part of the family. The Lord really helped me. I said, I am glad that you saw that. But I don't do those things any longer. But you know what? You knew that was true too. Ain't got quiet then. But let me tell you, the accusations were horrendous. But it was true. You see, when Jesus comes, that's what he does. This man right here is changed. The demons were gone. He is in his right mind and he's dressed up. Wow. Let us see, it was a defining, defining visit. From verse 15 to verse 17. And look what it says in verse seven actually. And they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. They didn't want Jesus there. You know what? A lot of people don't want Jesus to knock on their house as well. They don't want Jesus to knock on their doors. They say, get out of here. We don't want. I tell you what. Here's a man in my job. It's called Filthy Adam. I mean, that's his nickname. You know what he said to me? He said, he said to me, I want to go to church. Okay. I don't want nothing to do with Jesus. Why? Because I like the life that I live. You know what he's saying? Locking the doors and saying to Jesus, you're not welcome here. That's what people do. They don't want to let go of their sin and have a transformation in their life. You know what they do? They want the pleasures of this world. They know what they're doing is wrong, but they don't care because they love what they're doing. And what he said, many people have said too. I don't want that. Oh, before I die, I make sure I'm okay. Well, don't drop that before you make that decision. (laughs) So this is the final visit right here. This man wasn't crying out anymore. He wasn't hurting himself anymore. He was not naked anymore. He was just sitting there, fellowshipping with Jesus, acting as he was a normal person. There was no mistaking the fact that something big happened to this man. What they observe without, oh, uh, without this man is a picture of what happens when a person comes to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice what they observe concerning this man. Number one, he was a calm man. He was sitting there, peacefully. He was not tormenting anybody. He was not crying. He was not you know, scaring anybody. He was dressed up. He was dressed up, a dressed up man. Even notice that, that how calm he was sitting there, Surely they notice noticed the fact that he was no longer naked. Another thing here, number three, he was a controlled man. Now they see that he was in his right mind, the Bible says. I mean, he's not out of control anymore. He's in his right mind. You know, you see these movies in this time of the year, it all oh, people are out of control. Oh, by the way, I don't like those movies. I don't watch those movies. You know, I don't do that. But anyway, it's just what happened here. He was out of, He was a. He was a controlled man because of what happened to him. So, number one, we see it is a man is in a critical living condition. Number two, immense freedom and conversion. Number three, a man's new life and commission. Look at verse ten. For we are is. I'm sorry. No, first verse, uh, verse eighteen twenty. I'm sorry. I was giving going to give you another verse. So we'll get there. So in fact, one of the Sure as evidence of the reality of our salvation experience is a desire to be active in the Lord's work. That's a, a living desire that grows in us when we get saved. Something happened in us. Let me put it this way. I don't know about you, but when I, when I got saved, I began to go sit, I mean, my house in Warwick, I mean, no, no, but my mother-in-law knows, my, my house was pushed in, we used to have a swing on the front. I found myself there sitting down, my wife was at work, she works Sundays, reading my Bible. Listen, I never done that before. What happened to me? Suddenly, I'm reading my Bible. Listen, I was doing everything else. You know I used to do on Sunday? I used to go to the gym. I used to go, you know, I, I, I want to be this muscle guy. I don't know. But you know, uh, I had this big dream. And then suddenly, I'm not going to the gym. I'm reading my Bible. What happened? Obviously something happened. The desire to be in God's house. The desire to listen to God's word. The desire to read his word. You know what? It isn't just... It happens when a transformation takes place in the inside. So this man... You see, men's, uh, this man's new life commission. Letter A, we see the man's desire. We see. Pray him that he might be with him. He wanted to follow Jesus. He followed that. Look at verse 18. He prayed. Look at that. And when he was coming to the ship... He had been possessed with the, he, um, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. So this man wanted nothing more than be with Jesus. Look at all that Jesus had done for him. It's no wonder that he wants to be with him. He wants to go with Jesus, Whatever you go, I want to go with you. You're talking about transformation here. Okay, what was he doing? He being possessed. He was possessed by the devil. What was he doing? Cutting himself, screaming people afraid of him, living with the dead. What happened to him? Jesus came to visit him. The devil ran. He saw what happened to him. Now he's in his right mind. Lord, I want to follow you. The desire grew up in him. Lord, I want to follow you. And praise the Lord, you're here this morning because I know you want to follow the Lord too. We see the man's desire here. Number letter be, we see the master's response. You see. Look what it says in verse 19. How Jesus suffer him not? So you're not coming with me, but said unto him, Jesus didn't left them empty. Go home to thy friends and tell them how great things the Lord had done for thee, or for you, and had that compassion on thee. See what the Lord says? You wanted to follow the Lord, just go with him in his ministry. You know, so no, this is what you're going to do. is what the Lord tells me and you. Go and tell. It's a strange missionary, isn't it? You were doing living in the tombs? Possessed by the devil, and now you're telling me about Jesus. You see what the world would say to this guy? You think maybe it happened? It probably did. You know, it probably did. He probably said, Listen, that's what I'm oh, you were living with the dead. Yes, I was. Now I'm living with the living. You see, the response that Jesus has right here: go home. You know what Jesus tells us? Many things too. The Lord might say to you, hey, go to Africa. Oh, Lord, the Africa? Yeah. Go to Italy. Go to Portugal. Go to Massachusetts. Go to Rhode Island. Go to Providence. You see? Go to your workplace. Go to your family member that needs the Lord. Go to the store. There's somebody there that is searching for me. You know what he says right here? Go home. Was Jesus being called? No. Jesus is giving him a mission. or a commission. Go home. To whom? To your friends. Go to your friends, those who know you, and tell them our great things the Lord has done for thee. And Lord said, and had compassion on thee. You know. We should look at our salvation as the Lord's compassion on us. We don't deserve salvation. We don't. It's God's mercy and grace and compassion for us. What an answer right here. See, the man's mission, verse 20, and he departed. Listen, he didn't complain. Look what it says, and he departed and began to polish. and he began to speak. Look what it says, in the capitalist, How great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. Listen, folks. You think that everybody in this world you tell about Jesus is going to persecute you? No. 99.9% of the people I talk with, they don't say, they don't do that. They listen to you. You know how many people have put information on their doors and they said, thank you? As they open the door and take the thing, look at you, thank you. You got one here and there. May we not use that as a means on which we not want to do anything for the Lord. So the man's mission, he departed. He listened to the command of the Lord. He departed in exactly what the Lord did for him. Here's the thing the Bible doesn't speak right here. We don't know how many people got saved through this guy. We know one thing. He went and did what the Lord told him to do. He went and testified the Lord, told people about the great things that God has done for him. You know what? One day when we got to heaven, probably we'll find out how many people got saved because of the testimony of this man that lived in the tombs among the dead. God cleaned him up and sent him out. And you say, Pastor, in no way I can tell about Jesus the people. Yes, you can. Tell people what Jesus has done for you. What a testimony, isn't it? Hey, this is what I was. This is what I used to do. And that's what Jesus did for me. Now I'm telling you what he did for me. What a wonderful testimony. Sometimes we think we have to memorize all these things. And we have conversation. Tell a person what God has done for you. I'll tell you what. And I'll close with this, okay? This is my testimony. I was deep in the depths of despair in my own life, okay? I came from work. In one day. And I'll be honest with you, because I'm not better than anybody else or above anybody else, okay? I'm just a human being like you. But I remember that day, I was coming out of, of Artvac Corporation working, driving home, and I was thinking, what a good day to die. That, I'll be honest with you. And I remember seeing this if there's a God, I need to meet you, because I need you. I remember seeing, I was talking to myself. You know what? Show up at my door the next day because this was a Friday, a pastor of a church knocking at my door. I'll use this. Look like Santa claus white right here. Knocks on the door. Oh, can I come in? I mean, I don't know how I invite him in because total stranger. <laughs> invite him into my living room. And I don't know ways, began to talk about Jesus. And he said the word, are you saved? And I said, what are you talking about? I'm not lost. I did not understand what you saying. So we had a conversation. He went home. But he said something that really touched me. I went back to work the next week, work all week. And the following Saturday, guess who was at my door again? The same guy. Now I knew him. Here's what he did. Would you come to church tomorrow? Oh, that I lied. I said, I go to church every Sunday. Ooh, that was not true. But you know what? I went to church the next day. And when he was preaching, I realized there that what he was preaching, that's what I needed. The Jesus that I said, if there's a God, I need you, I found him, the Lord, two weeks later. See, that's what God does. If we search for him with all of our hearts, he makes himself known. This man was crying out. Nobody was paying attention to him. People were afraid of him. Guess who show up in the scene? Jesus. Praise the Lord for that. You know what? Even today, when people cry out to God, God shows up on the scene without fail. He shows up on the scene. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this strange missionary what a strange missionary this man was I'm talking about a horror movie right here this man lived among the dead away from society lord people were afraid of him but he was crying out for help and the one that came was you you clean him up lord and he became a spokesman for you may we be that way too spokesmen for you lord every way we go Because of what you have done for us. May we do that with love and gratitude of heart. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. If you could stand please. Just a song of invitation this morning. Definitely all of us have a call. But unless we surrender all to Jesus. We will miss it out. Let's sing I Surrender All. Page 489. I surrender all All to Jesus I you this morning what is God calling you for you to do this morning are you not saved do you need salvation are you crying out for God I'll tell you what Jesus can save you this morning here's what you do right there in the privacy in your own home whatever you are online or even here admit that you're a sinner confess your sin before God invite Jesus to be your Lord and Savior that's that simple you got to do it with a genuine heart what about you Christian this morning what God is calling you to do He's calling you to Africa? Huh? Oh, what about Italy? What about across the street? Is God calling you? What a God put in your heart this morning to do? To be a member of East Bay Baptist Church? To be baptized? To receive Him as Savior? What is He calling you to do? I'm telling you, He's calling. What is He calling you to do? You know what? somebody was crying crying out, God show up on the scene. If we cry out to God, God shows up on the scene without fail. Let's sing one more verse as our last verse. All to Jesus I surrender humbly and Does take me now, I surrender all. I this morning thank you for the sunday school hour for the morning service thank you for this dear folks lord lord they we're paying attention and i pray for them lord bless each one guide each one and remind them lord they can be missionaries for you everywhere they go any place you put them lord may we be lights for you today tomorrow and until you take us home in jesus name i pray amen